you, Brother Don and Miss Karen. Thank you for being here tonight. They gave Miss Sandra a little time off tonight. You did, yes. Thank each one of you for coming to, uh, tonight. We do need to remember uh, those that have expressed special interest in our uh, prayers, prayers, and those that are uh, hurting. I, I appreciate Sister Pat staying and supervising the work to, uh, uh, today and uh, taking care of everything and making sure it's all cooked right and everything. And uh, <laughs> Open your Bibles, if you will, to Mark chapter 2. Very familiar verse of scriptures, one that you've heard, I'm sure, many, uh, many times. But the subject I'd like for you to consider for a little while tonight, when Jesus enters the house, when Jesus enters the house, Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days. It was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why did this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sin but God only? And immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason you these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way into thy house. And immediately he rose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed, glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you. Thank you for this, another opportunity that we have to assemble here together in your house. We thank you for your presence in the service tonight. And we thank you for each one that's here. We pray for those that are not able to be here but has a desire to be here in your house. We just pray for healing for their body and for others traveling safety as they travel to their destination while on spring break. We especially lift up those that have been hurting, Father. We ask you to heal their bodies and strengthen their bodies. <coughs> Excuse me. As only you can. Bless the word as it is spoken tonight. May you get glory from every, everything said and done and in every decision made. These things we would ask in the precious and holy name of Jesus. And it's for his sake we ask. Amen. 
Jesus was not always welcomed and invited into this house. But then he has often met barred doors before where if people had allowed him to enter in, they just might have been saved at the preaching of the word. When Jesus returned from his first Galilean preaching tour, he entered Simon's house. I want us to notice four things tonight about this and the spiritual parallels in life today. First of all, when we look in verse 1, we find that his presence cannot long be hid. His presence cannot long be hid. When you look in verse 1, it says, It was noise about. When Jesus the life, entered the life of the sick of the palsy, everyone was amazed at what had happened and how it all happened. They said in verse 2, we, in verse 12, we never saw it on this fashion before. In the same way, convicted sinners turned from their sins and opened their hearts and lives to the Savior. And we find that when they do that, and when we do that, He'll come into their heart and save their souls and make a difference in their life. His presence, when He comes into the hearts of those that are sinners, when He comes into their hearts and saves their soul, we find that His presence cannot long be hid. Y'all remember Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea? They were secret disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we look at Nicodemus, we know that uh, he was a secret disciple of the Lord. But at the crucifixion of Jesus, we find that Nicodemus come out of hiding. He was a Pharisee. He was a religious person. But he had hid his devotion, his commitment to Christ. But when Jesus died, of all the men that could have and all the women that could have, he's the one that come out to Pilate to claim the body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But we also find Joseph of Arimathea, another one that was a secret disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. But at the crucifixion of Christ, he with Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea come together and they took the body of Jesus from Pilate and they buried it in a new tomb that had never been used again. Before, they were afraid of what might happen to them by standing up and proclaiming Jesus as Savior of their soul and Master of their life. They was concerned about what they might lose in this world, the prestige that they might lose. But it's exciting when you see that at the death of Jesus, something changed in their life. Something changed in their priorities. And all of a sudden, it was more important for them to stand up than to be secret disciples for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We find the same thing, the true, with the the woman at the well. And I I know I I talk about this woman a, a lot. But it's exciting 
when you see that this woman at the at the well that come to Jesus as a as a sinner went away and told all men said, "Come see a man that told me all things that ever I did." When Jesus come in our heart and save her soul, she couldn't keep it to herself. She wanted to tell everyone, "Come see a man that told me all things that ever I did." And many people were saved because of the sayings of that woman. And then many more came to hear Jesus, and more was saved. Why? What happened to this woman that she was so bold all of a sudden to proclaim to a lost and dying world that Jesus was her Savior, that Jesus was her Master, and Jesus could make a difference in their life if they would just trust Him? That's exciting, folks, when you get to thinking about it. Then two people in the Gospels that Jesus said, Thy sins are forgiven thee. This man that we're talking about tonight was one of those that one of those that he said, "Thy sins are forgiven thee." And I know the scribes and everyone questioned that, but Jesus said, "Which is easier to tell this man to get up and walk, or to tell him thy sins are forgiven thee?" Well, when you get right down to it, it's very easy for him to tell this man just to get up and walk. It didn't cost him anything except a few words. But for him to be able to say, thy sins are forgiven thee, it cost God all that he had. It cost God the best that he had, and it cost Jesus his life to be able to say, thy sins are forgiven thee, because it was Jesus that paid the sin debt of this, this man, and he made a difference in uh, his life. But there was another woman. When Jesus went to Simon's house, this, uh, this Pharisee, this religious, uh, this religious man, and Jesus, he invited Jesus to his house. And, and uh, then this woman, this woman come in after him. And she began to uh, denote the feet of Jesus and, and washed it with, uh, wash his feet with ointment and, uh, and kissing his feet. And she anointed his head. And I mean, just, just make it over him altogether. And Simon said, he said, if he was a prophet of God, then he would know what kind of woman this was. Jesus reminded him. He said, Simon, I come into your house. You didn't ask to give me water to drink. You didn't ask to provide water to wash my feet. But this woman, since the moment that I've come in, she's been washing my feet with ointment and scrubbing it with her own hair. She's anointing my head. And what have you done, Simon? And then he said to this woman, he looked at her, and he said, Woman, thy sins are forgiven thee. Who got the most out of that? It wasn't Simon, folks. He set himself on a pedestal and he got nothing out of it. But the realization that Jesus was God, Jesus was Savior, and regardless of what he was thinking, which God knew what he was thinking, but he was able to tell this woman, thy sins are forgiven thee. Listen to Paul's, what did he get out of this? This Paul's in man, he got a new life. And this woman got the words of Jesus to be able to tell her of all the things that she had done against God, her rebellion, her sinfulness. Jesus able to say, thy sins are forgiven thee. Isn't it exciting, folks, that Jesus said the same thing to us at one time in our uh, life? 
And his presence cannot long be hid. Y'all remember when, when you first got saved? I, I remember when I got home and I called my brother. I wanted him to know because he was a religious man. And uh, I believe that he's a saved man. But I wanted him to know that Jesus saved me and he, he changed my life. He changed my heart. He changed my eternal destiny forever. I couldn't keep it quiet. Isn't it exciting? That's what God does for our life when he saved us and washes us in the, uh, the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But his presence cannot long be hid. But he does something else. He fills it and transforms our life as well. He fills it and transforms it. Look in verse 2. And straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive him. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto him. Peter's house, Peter and Andrew's house, was filled with people. It was filled with love and concern for the needs of others. They welcomed this man, these men that was carrying uh, uh, this paralytic man. They had to break through, but when they got in, they were well, well received. And, and the sick of the palsy was, was healed and restored to his much needed house. And Peter's house was filled with the teaching of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Even so, when Christ comes into our lives as Savior and Lord, He fills and changes our lives the very instant, the very moment He comes in. Isn't it exciting? He gives us a new and eternal life. When we look in John 5 and 24, He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on them that sent me hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. When Christ comes into our life as Savior and Lord, He fills and changes our life. Then when you look in John chapter 10, verse 10, it talks about not only us having life, but He says we can have life more abundant. I don't know about you folks, but when Jesus enters into a person's life, He not only has life, but he has life more abundant. But there's something else that we have when Jesus enters in, and that's peace that passes all understanding. Folks, I I don't know. Jesus has a way about bringing peace to our hearts. He has a way about bringing peace to our lives. When nobody else can, nobody else can, but Jesus can. And Jesus did, folks. And Jesus will do the same thing. And I believe that he did it for each and every one of you. He not only gives you eternal life and abundant life, but he gives you peace that passes all understanding. New peace, new hope, fulfilling the needs of our everlasting soul. New joy, unspeakable, and full of glory. I never had the joy, never had the peace, Never had the abundant life. Never had the eternal life. Until someone told me about Jesus. And Jesus made a difference in my life. But there's also a new concern for others also. You ever notice that? All of a sudden, it's not about me. But it's about others. And that's what Jesus would do for our life. And also, there's a new walk. Even with the sick, uh, the sick of the palsy, remember when he was dropped down through that roof, the, the four helped him and he could, he was a crippled. He couldn't do anything. But all of a sudden now, 
He could walk. He could jump up and down praising the Lord. Jesus made a difference in his life and he was not afraid to let people know about it. That's amazing. They said, well, we've never seen it done like this uh, before. Only when you let him into your life can you know what you miss without him. You remember what you miss without him? And what a difference he's made in your life now. Only Jesus can make that difference. Only Jesus can offer you peace that passes all understanding. He also supplies every need that we have within. The chief need of those in Peter's house was to hear the gospel. And you know what they were hearing? It says he preached the word unto them. And that's what we need today, isn't it? We need the word preached unto us. The unsearchable truths of God's holy writ is what we need. And that's what they got there in the, uh, uh, in the, in the Simon's house, in Andrew's house. They got the unsearchable truths of God preached to the need of the four workers whose faith found them letting the man down through the house, going out of the way to help this man. And their reward was their faithfulness. And they're helping this young man that could not help himself. Getting him to Jesus. What a reward that must have been. The way to bring the sick of the palsy to Jesus was to be strengthened and rewarded for their faith. The chief need in the heart of the sick of the palsy was forgiveness of sin. And Jesus said, thy sins are forgiven thee. Folks, that is the greatest thing that we could ever hear from anybody. Thy sins are forgiven thee. The only one that could do anything about it was Jesus when he said, thy sins are forgiven thee. He can do that. I can tell you that your sins are forgiven, but it doesn't help you any. But when Jesus said that, it made a change. It made a difference when Jesus entered into the heart of these men. And listen, the Pharisees at that particular time, he heard the, the, the uh, man with palsy, he heard the word of God. Those that are round about him in the house heard the word of God. Listen, when he said, sons, thy sins be forgiven thee, the chief need of the scribes was to know who Jesus was and what he came to do. And he made it no secret, folks, to these scribes that was there that was questioning what Jesus had, uh, had done. He told them and he met them with the truth of God's holy wit. But listen, folks, is it easier to say thy sins are forgiven thee or to take up thy bed and walk? When Jesus comes into our lives, he supplies our every need. Men need, men need forgiveness. Men needs an eternal home in heaven. Only Jesus can bring about the love and joy and peace and assurance. Even the temporal things that we have, God makes it possible. We need never forget that God makes it possible for us to enjoy all the things that we enjoy in this life. I'm thankful for the love. I'm thankful for the joy. I'm thankful for the peace. I'm thankful for the hope. I'm thankful for the assurance that we find only through Jesus Christ, the Savior of our soul. Some temporal things, Psalms 23, verses 1 through 5. He said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He restoreth my soul. 
He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Isn't it exciting to know that Jesus is able to do all that just for me and just for you? I don't understand why, folks. Yeah, I do. It's because he loves us. Nobody could ever love us like Jesus loves us. Nobody could ever make the changes in our life like Jesus makes the changes in our life. Nobody could ever offer us the peace. Nobody could ever offer us the joy. Only Jesus can offer all those things and supply those needs according to his riches in glory. It is because he is welcome and invited into this house, into your house, that your house, the tabernacle that we live in. It's exciting to know that he can make a difference in our life when we invite him into our hearts and in our lives. All Jesus, although owner and creator of all, he will never force himself on anyone. Never force himself on anyone. Never force himself in anyone's home. Folks, he wants to come in, but I think we can see from the, uh, from the scripture that Jesus was welcome in the home of Simon and Andrew. He was welcome into their home, and many people come to hear the preaching of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus will never intrude into your home or intrude into your life without a special invitation from each and every one of you. And folks, we need to intrude in people's life, and invite them to God's house so that they might hear the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Not only that, but we need to share with them the truth of God's holy writ about our own personal testimony, how Jesus made a difference in our life. When he come into this house, when he come into our house, how he made a difference in our life, how he changed our schedule, how he changed our life, how he changed our priorities, how he changed everything. Only Jesus can do that. Even so, the Lord Jesus turns down, will never turn down an invitation to enter into our lives or into the lives of anyone else. I remember to this day, I'll never forget the day that I invited him in. It's like it was yesterday. Just like it was yesterday when I invited Jesus to enter my heart and change my life. And change my eternal destiny forever and ever, folks. He wants to do that for you tonight. And I believe that he probably has for everyone over here tonight. But if he hadn't, he wants to. He wants to come in. Maybe as Savior of your soul. Maybe just as Master of our life. You know, there's a difference in allowing Jesus to be Savior of our soul. And allowing him to be Master and Lord of our life. And that's what he wants to do. More than anything else, he wants to be not only Savior, but he wants to be Master and Lord of our lives. And the only way he can do that is when we say yes to Jesus. Yes to Jesus. Yes to Jesus. Unsaved, then open your heart to Jesus. Listen, the Bible says in Psalms 34 and 4, I sought the Lord, and he heard me. And delivered me from all my 
fears. Delivered me from all my fears. Only Jesus can do that, folks. Saved? Then we need to publicly confess Him as Savior of our soul. I know I talk about it often, but this woman at the well, when she was saved, she publicly declared, I remember the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8. He went away joyfully rejoicing. Philippian jailer, what did he do? He invited them all to his house when he was saved. Lydia, if you found me worthy, then come to my house. Come to my house. Oh, listen, folks. When Jesus is invited in, he will never turn down invitation from his people or those that are lost without Jesus Christ. And one thing I know, that he wants to come in. And he wants to make a difference in our life. He wants to make a difference in the ministries of this church. He wants to make a difference in people's lives that are members here, as well as those in the neighborhood as well. He wants to make a difference, and he can, and he will, and we must allow him to do so. Just invite him in, folks. Maybe as Savior, maybe as Lord. But whatever it is that we need, he wants to fulfill those needs. And he can. He's a God that met the needs of this man with palsy. He's the man that met the needs of so many. When we look at the scripture, folks, he just keeps meeting the needs of people even today. My God is able to meet the needs that you have tonight. You may be hurting for various reasons, but God is able to meet the needs that you have. God is able to bring you comfort. All the things that you may be experiencing, my God is able to do that for you tonight. So tonight as we stand and we prepare this song of invitation, Jesus wants to enter into that house. He wants to enter into your house, maybe your physical house, but this temple of the Holy Ghost, he wants to enter in and not only be Savior, but he wants to be Lord of your life. Now why would he want to do that? Because he loves you. Folks, it always comes back, that one four-letter word, love.